We have a very special guest today, guys. I am so excited. On the pod, we have Christina Rice. She is an intuitive channel, energy healer to CEOs and entrepreneurs, best-selling author, founder of Ahai 70 Energy Healing. I could literally go on and on with this list because I feel like your list is so long. And she's a former NTP and business coach, which I know some of you guys will resonate. So warm welcome to Christina. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> and I thought I had a long list. I'm like, no, yours is like seven pages long. I'm like, I kind of, I low-key forgot I was an NTP. Uh, yeah, way back so, then. <laughs> here, here we Both are. Both of us. Both of us have been around for like your whole evolution. So I've been listening to you since you were actually adultish. Wow. So- <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, so cool. I've seen the whole, the whole evolution go yeah. on here. So been a fan for a long time. Thank you. I appreciate the support. Yeah. It's, it's actually really cool that I got to document that, you know, and, and bring so many people along for the ride. Uh, and hopefully that gives has given people more insight, like just I'm one example, right? But I think especially through that, you can see like my health journey and my business journey and my personal development journey and just this process of becoming that we're always in. And that's what's so cool for me is to be able to share that with with so many people and have so many people like really know me, you know, like if you have been listening to my show for that long, like, you know, me very well, you know, you know, me just as well as people who are like the closest people to me in my life, because I'm pretty much just an open book. I always have been. So it's super cool for me to, to know that people have been with me through that, that whole journey. Yeah. I know both of us have been here from the get-go. That's why I think it's funny. Cause we, I was on a Candida SIBO journey when you were on a Candida SIBO journey. And that's how I found you because Mm. one of the only people in the space, like having, you know, real low sugar diets and stuff like that. And so, I mean, let's be, we don't even need to get into that, but you know, we did our time. (laughs) I've, I've done so much of my time. Uh, and it's funny because it feels like another life, you know, but I, and I really had to take myself out of that space and kind of recalibrate and then be able to kind of re-enter it, you know, just from a, a personal level. Like I, I love health and nutrition. I love geeking out about all things health and wellness and food, of course. But I feel like I was so like in it from like a scientific angle for so long. I had to just pull myself out and like take a step back and tune into my body and turn off the noise and then I could finally kind of come back into it from a space that wasn't, I'm sick and I need to heal. It was just, I love this. I think this is interesting and now I can actually like enjoy it to be honest. Yeah. I always talk about that personally. I'm like, I don't know if my business is shifting out of health, if it's shifting into more energetics, but like, let's just start there with you getting like out of the health space. So you were an NTP, which I know a lot of people who listen to this are NTPs, IHPs, all of that. And then kind of left the health space and went into business coaching. So just like take us through that a little bit before we even got into all of the energetic stuff. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got into the nutrition space and became an NTP because of my own health journey. Of course, I think as most of us, as most of us do. And I worked with a lot of people who had really complicated cases, like, like, you know, they had been all over the world and all these different clinical trials. I was often the the last stop, you know, and I, and I had 
people who weren't that extreme as well coming in, but especially towards the end, like when I made that transition, that was primarily who I was working with. And at that point, you know, people are, are on all the supplements, they've done all the protocols, they have a squeaky clean diet, and it's really coming down to energetics, you know, and when I leaned into that space, I was finally seeing people get get the results they wanted and doing a lot of the things that I hadn't learned in my, learned in my training or doing things in a very different way, which could be a whole topic on its own because there's a lot of stuff that I wish that I know now that I wish I had known when I was working in nutrition and I, that comes up for me a lot now like I'm like wow I wish I had all this information or had this perspective when I was coaching people because it would have been so helpful you know um and so you know it, it was really intense work it was super rewarding but it was also really intense work and I think the stress of it I definitely felt and I could feel my body starting to kind of shut down a bit because of all the space I was holding. And uh, I think my brain just needed a break. And at the same time, a lot of people were coming to me, asking me about business and having them help them with their practices. And my practice had grown organically, you know, pretty big, like pretty quickly. So I had a lot of people just coming my way for business and I was doing it on the side uh, just for fun. And then I was like, I should just I should just do this, you know, I should just do this full time. And I got a a really intense message from my spirit guides, like, you need to pivot this. So I pretty much overnight just like pivoted it uh, and decided to focus on helping other coaches build their practice. And so I went full into business, you know, for for a bit. Uh, and then eventually after that, I went all into spirituality because the thing was, like if you worked with me nutrition wise or business wise, what I'm always doing is energetics. What I'm what I was always doing, especially at the end of nutrition, was, you know, intuitive work and energy healing. And so it just made sense to go all the way into the energetics because to me it's like the cheat sheet to life, you know, like everything everything in your life recalibrates when you focus on your energy body, when you understand how energy flows, when you look at things from the manifestation level, which is neural reprogramming, which is detoxification. It's detoxification physically, emotionally, energetically. It all goes hand in hand, you know? So to me, when you focus on the energetic principles, everything else sorts itself out. Uh, For me, when I focused on that, my health got back into balance my business grew, my relationships got better. So for me, energetics is the real root. And then it leads us to physical shifts as well. And I love that because I always, we talk about this till we're blue in the face, like nervous system work and energetic work. Like you can't heal if you're in a body you hate, or if you're talking down about yourself and all, I mean, let, let's be real. There's like lots of different branches from that, yeah. but everyone that comes to me, there comes a point where they're like, hitting a wall and they're like, what am I not doing? And I'm like, you're like, you're not embodying this person that you want to become. You're not shifting it from like an actual level. You're just Mm -hmm. doing everything that you think you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for me, the big thing was the identity. You know, I realized Mm -hmm. that my identity was somebody who had chronic illness you know, I had identified as that person and that's, that was my why. Well, I eat this way because of this. Well, I have to manage my boundaries, my business this way because of this. Underneath it was this identity of I have chronic illness and if I don't do X, Y, Z, I'm going to get sick again, right? And so that just meant I had to, made that my identity that I was a sick person, you know? So I had to really think about what would it look like for me to fully live as someone who didn't deal with all these health issues? What would my life be like, right? And I realized that I had to do everything. I had to do everything differently, you know, and that's the thing of why a lot of people don't 
actually heal is they built their identity around it and it's it's their why behind everything they do so that's telling your body we're sick and that's why we do xyz you know and i think uh it can be a rude awakening you know i realized how i hid behind my illness i hid behind that it was my justification for why i couldn't eat those things or do those things or why i had to rest more or run my business that way instead of just giving myself permission to do what i wanted and say this is this is what i want to do and it doesn't have to be because i'm sick right? Uh, for me, I I have always been type A overachiever and I had this sick, twisted, like I can only rest. <laughs> yeah. I can only rest if I'm really sick, you know, and I look back through childhood, through my life and I was always go, go, go a million miles a minute. And then I would get like pushed down with something really serious. Like I just had these bouts of like, you know, I'd be in bed for like two weeks, right? It's like, pneumonia, you know, a year later, like pneumonia again, you're later, like bronchitis. I can't get out of bed. Oh, uh, mono, uh, chronic mono. Uh, it was like all this really weird stuff. That was really just my body saying, slow the F down, like take a rest. And the only way I would do that was if, if I was physically forced, you know, and then I had I built this association of, okay, if I'm sick, I get to rest. So then when I deep down from my heart space want to rest, I manifest a sickness or my symptoms mm-hmm. get worse because then I have a justification and it just led to this, you know, big cycle. And I had to really look at that and be honest with myself about that. And I had to learn to be a lot more confident and just speaking my truth and saying what I wanted, what I needed and not having to explain myself, you know, and actually releasing people from my life who were poking at me and requiring me to explain myself, right? Because I I don't need to explain myself to anybody. So I had to look at a lot of those larger lifestyle changes, you know, and I had to think about, well, if I was fully healthy, how would I be relating to all this health and nutrition information, right? Like me me listening religiously to 50 different health podcasts every week and like, like living, breathing health podcast was not coming from a place of just, oh, I'm interested. It was, I'm sick and I need all the information to heal. More information will help me heal. That was so unhealthy, right? And I was like, I probably wouldn't be doing that, right? I probably wouldn't be over consuming all this information. If I was consuming information, it would be coming from a very different place. So I totally shifted the way I consumed information, what I was consuming. I focused on different things. I focused on the things I thought I'd be focusing on if I was fully healthy. Uh, And I had to really let myself make that identity shift and shifting into business coaching definitely helped me do that for sure. I got my mind off of it. And the, the more my mind got off of it, the more my body balanced out. Yeah. Yeah. About that all the time. I know we've we've said (laughs) like our past four conversations Uh on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, you know, every single, every single one of all of our clients has that issue where, well, okay. Maybe not every single one, but most of them, you know, where their whole identity evolves around their illness or, you know, what they think is wrong with them. And so I go straight into every single one of my clients, you know, and I straight up tell them, look, we're not just going to be focusing on nutrition. We're going to be focusing on the mindset and the emotional health and all of that stuff, because unless you're willing to work on that, you're never going to get past what you're going through. But yeah, the identity thing is a huge block for so many people. Yeah. And I think, like you said, part of it is the way they consume information because 
it's a double-edged sword having the internet, right? Like it's, it's beautiful because you can learn so much. Like that's where most of my clients find me. It's great. But then people get into following 500 health influencers, taking in all this information. And then it gets into a place of fear where they're doing it's in the intention, right? They're doing all of these things out of fear because if they don't do it, then I'm not going to feel well instead of being like, okay, well, why do you use your red light? Like I use it because I feel good. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid that one day I won't use my red light. Like it's that intentionality of everything about it. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from fear or you get so caught up and you're like, why am I even doing this anymore? Right. Why am I even taking 500 supplements? Why am I even spending all this time? You know, I think about like how much time and effort and energy it takes to, to apparently be a well-optimized human, you know, cause I got, I got to do my, my red light therapy. I got, I got to ground for an hour. I got to do my coffee enema. Like, I mean, I got a journal, I got to meditate. I'm like, that takes my whole damn day. Right. Like for me to be just an okay human. Right. And then it turns into this checklist. It turns into, oh my God, me wanting to get straight A's on the test. I need to checklist. I need to check all these things off my list. Otherwise I'm, you know, a bad person. I'm not good. I don't get straight A's, but for me to check all these things off my list takes up my entire day. And then I'm stressed. Right. And all of these things I'm like, damn, got a sauna now. It becomes something to do rather than this is actually helping my health. For me, I had to really get clear on like what was actually benefiting my body, you know? And there are a lot of things that I was doing that I wasn't actually seeing any benefit from. I was just doing it because I was scared if I didn't or somebody told me to do it. And this comes back to like, actually listen to your body. To be honest, there aren't that many things that I was seeing a very noticeable difference from. And that's actually very helpful because then the very few things that gave me a noticeable difference are the only things I should pay attention to. Right. Uh, And actually, you know, this goes back to the energetic piece. Like I realized like a lot of the things that I was told were healthy were actually stressing my body out, you know, and we have to really get into bio-individuality. Like the same diet does not work for everybody. All diets can work, but they won't work all the time. They won't, they won't work for everybody. Right. And what works for my body, I realized all the things that, you know, I I learned in school and all these well-meaning practitioners were suggesting I do actually were making me a lot worse because my body is different than what the textbook says, to be honest. Right. Or for me, like sauna, like I don't do well with heat. Right. And sauna was just making me worse. When I stopped doing sauna, I saw major improvements, you know? So like, like for me, all my cooked vegetables were totally screwing me up. Like I needed to take out my cooked vegetables. Like these are like little things that are so individual to me uniquely. And that's why understanding like the energetics of the, of the food, um, of whatever the practice itself is, right. You're dry brushing, you're doing sauna, like whatever it is, like we have to understand the energy behind it. What's our intention. And also like, what's our frequency at and how is that interacting with the frequency of whatever this thing is, you know? And for a lot of people, we can really do a lot less and get better results, but then you have to be okay with, okay, well, if I had more free time and I had more space, what would I do with that? You know, how am I using all these practices to hide, right? Or to give myself an excuse for, for self-care. So we got to look at all of those different angles if you really want to heal the body. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that will like, they'll be on their, you know, lymph plate. Cause it's like, you put it on Instagram every day. And I'm like, so what's the intention behind that? I'm like, so are you doing it for Instagram? Are you doing it? Cause it makes you feel better, but I wanted to get into, so since you've done both all the physical and emotional stuff, how much of your health did you think was physical via emotional? <clears throat> That's a good question. Uh, I think, I actually think probably 50, 50, 
but I think the emotional, I'm going to group emotional energetic, yeah, like in, in the same bucket. I think that is what caused the physical, right? Like emotional suppression, not being in alignment leads to like energetic constipation leads to like physical constipation. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of absorbing other energies and frequencies and knowing things and feeling things and just not letting it out. And what that looks like is just blocked detox pathways, you know? So for me, I really feel like drainage, like without supporting drainage, like hardcore wouldn't, wouldn't have happened, Mm -hmm. you know, like like because, because it's connected. And I think this is, this is the thing that's difficult. People want to like separate it out. Like what's emotional, what's energetic, what's physical. It's all the same shit. It's all, Mm -hmm. it's all energy, you know, and whatever we're doing in the energetic realm, we need to support physiologically. Right. So if I want to process emotions, that is physical, that is somatic, right. It can process emotions through feeling them crying through breath work, through dancing, through movement, but also through my coffee enemas, through sauna, right? Like I'm getting it out, right? So we, we really want to focus on what we're doing with the physical body to help the energy move and release. So it's all connected. But I think for me, the big things were physically, like diet was huge, you know? And I, and I, and to be honest, like just go on the other side of this, I've had so many practitioners just in, in my journey, tell me, tell me that it was all emotional. I had a lot of people tell me it was all emotional, energetic, and and that I was being too crazy about the diet and supplements. Um, And that was incorrect because otherwise, like when I figured it out, it wouldn't have been such a drastic difference, like overnight. Right. And there was that piece of me that was like, no, there's something off diet, diet, diet wise. Um, And so that was huge. Like my diet has to be a certain way for me to feel good. That also aligns with, for me, channeling and my work, right? Like it, it all goes together at all aligns. So diet was a huge piece. Um, I think lymphatic drainage was the other huge piece for sure. Like th- those two things together had to happen physically. Uh, and you know, I, uh, for me, mold was like huge. I mean, I grew up in a moldy house. I think everywhere I lived until I was 23 was moldy, uh, maybe longer. So it's going to affect you. Right. Especially when you're like energetically porous, like I am, you know, and a lot of energy is coming in. So the mold for sure was affecting me. And also when you're like that sensitive, like electronics, technology, 5G, like I can feel my body, you know, when I'm in a strong area. So that stuff definitely physically affects me. So paying attention to all that was important, but that alone wasn't going to be enough for me. It was, I would say, actually. Yeah, emotional release was really important, but I actually think for me personally, the big piece energetically was like living in alignment, like following my mission. Um, and I think that that was the important piece and just a lot of the like shadow work side of things and shifting my beliefs. That was more, that that was the bigger piece as opposed to like emotional release. I feel like I've been, to be honest, my whole life pretty good at releasing my emotions. I mean, you only need to know me for about 10 minutes to probably pick up on that. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty vocal. I don't really hold much back. You know, I'm pretty direct. Like I've always been that kind of person. So it was less, that was less the issue. It was more like channeling, letting it all come through, right? Uh, honoring my truth in that way, getting alignment with, with my mission, with my career, things like that, with my relationships. For me, when I am around the wrong people for me, I have symptoms. When I'm focusing my business on the 
quote, wrong things for me. I have symptoms. Like it's very obvious. My physical body talks to me. And that was a contract that uh, I created coming into this lifetime. Hey, this bitch is so stubborn. Like your body is going to scream at you if you're out of alignment. Cause otherwise I would just go, 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 go. Cause my brain is so strong. My mind is so strong, you know? And I find that a lot of people who struggle with chronic illness have that that I've worked with have a lot that personality trait. Like they will do literally anything. They're type A perfectionists. Their mind is so strong that they will override their body. Right. It's like I you have to be, I have to be literally immobile for me to not get out of my bed today. <laughs> right. Uh, and so when you're that type of person, it's really common for you to have that contract with your physical vessel of like, hey, body is going to speak to you because this is the only thing that's going to get you to change or get you to listen up. And I know that's true for me. Like I, I think about this all the time. Like, how would I have gotten here without my body shutting down? I don't think I would have. I'm way too stubborn, to be honest. I'm just, I'm just way too stubborn. Um, so I, I feel like for me, it was honestly 50, 50. I'm also really glad you said that because especially coming from someone who does what you do, right? Like that you, it, for you, it wasn't all energetic and emotional. I was, like I said, I was really hopeful you were going to go that way too. Cause I always tell every single client, I'm like, you have to still eat like a whole foods diet. Like there are people that'll tell them you can eat whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, well, Maybe you got to meet both. You got to mm-hmm. do it in the middle. Like, I think, I think it, de- yeah, for sure. It depends on the person. It depends on like where they're at. I do. I have had a lot of clients where actually that was the root. Like mm-hmm. when they just didn't care, you know, and they, whatever, like their body's balanced out. But then there's also people where that's never going to work. So it just really yeah. depends on the person. And that's f- for me, like going the intuitive route and honoring the energetics of it, it is where I know what the most aligned thing is for me. And part of following your intuition is intuition gives you tangible steps to take, right? So when I'm focusing on the energetics of things, uh, that can lead me to eating a certain diet or or adding a certain supplement. And that's, what's going on a lot of the times. Like I get a download, take this. Like I randomly took this like blood cleansing supplement, maybe like a year ago, they kept telling me about this one. What the hell does this even mean? You know? And I take this random blood cleansing supplement, didn't know what it was. And like, I felt all my fatigue went away in like 30 days on the supplement. I'm like, okay, cool. So there can be tangible steps, you know, that, that are taken in the physical that have to do with, with diet and lifestyle. And I mean, it's interesting for me, like from the psychic perspective, I think it's funny because there's a lot of intuitives who, who eat whatever they want. Like, actually there's a good amount who eat like shit. And I always wonder, I'm like, how the, like, how do you do that? Uh, because I know for me, when I, don't keep my diet super clean. It definitely affects my channel. It definitely affects my ability to tap in because I just overall feel low. You know, I don't feel good. Like I keep my frequency high. So I, so I eat differently depending on what I have going on that week. You know, if I have more sessions, if I'm doing a big event, I definitely adjust my diet because I know it just keeps the channel clean and pristine. Uh, and I have a lot of other intuitive friends who are the same way, but everybody seems to be different, you know? So I can't speak for everybody. I know for me, it makes, it makes a big difference. Uh, but I think about, you know, when people are like, Oh, I want to activate my intuitive gifts. I want to connect to my intuition. You start with the physical. There's a reason why so many people who start going down the health and wellness path somehow find the spirituality path. Because when you eat clean and you start taking care of your body and you detox, you are releasing all of those blockages to your intuition. You know, it just opens you up. It it decalcifies your pineal gland, your third eye opens up and you naturally get led down that path. So they are very, very connected. And when you think about, I mean, 
Like, how come everybody's so shut down? How come everybody's not as tapped in as, as me? Well, it's just because look at all the toxins in our environment. Look at all the things, look at what's in our water, what's sprayed on our food, all this technology, you know, what our buildings are made of. We're, we're set up to have just calcified pineal glands uh, and to be totally disconnected from our bodies. And for a lot of us, that's just how we survive from a young age, right? You come into this world and there's so much stimulation. And so to survive, I got to turn it all off, all this extra stuff I'm picking up on because I just can't deal. I can't deal with everybody's emotions. I can't deal with it getting fried by the TV over there, all of that. So we just turn it off and it stays turned off, you know? So for me, like whenever people say, how do I open up my psychic gifts? I always start with the physical detox, support detoxification in your body. Uh, that's the first step because, and I will tell you this is actually coming up really intensely right now for me with a lot of clients. Uh, they're like really ready to upgrade and they're like on that cusp, you know, they're meant to be healers, meant to be intuitives and they can't, they just can't grab the information because of their diet and lifestyle. And I'm like, you're going to have to stop doing this. You're going to have to stop drinking alcohol. You're going to have to stop smoking weed every night. You're going to have to stop doing whatever you're doing, you know, uh, because that's the thing that I'm getting is blocking you. So it can very much be the block. It also is not always the block, you know, so it's a very nuanced conversation and everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because yeah, everything has an energy to it. And obviously the cleaner foods, the more whole foods, it's going to have a higher vibrational energy than processed food and processed crap. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also when you think about all those toxins, I like, I muscle test for them and they're, I have muscle testing vials and they're all like very low energy, very low frequency. That's why a lot of people when they get sick with mold, Lyme, whatever, have to do a lot of like emotional and energy work because you got to get rid of it also because it's holding on to that. Like parasites hold on to their body weight in emotions just as much as they do metals, mold, Lyme, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with that, it's really important to, for people to remember like what you're doing right now, what you're doing to maybe heal is not what you need to do f- forever. You know, I have, done so many different diets, so many different protocols. I've gone through the stage where I eat whatever the hell I want. And like, I've gone through the stage where I'm eating basically all processed foods. I've gone through the stage where I'm eating squeaky clean, like raw, vegan, totally unprocessed. I'm doing potato diet. You know, I've done literally, I've done everything. Like what I mean, paleo for a long time, obviously keto, SED, AIP gaps, uh, low FODMAP, low histamine, carnivore, regular vegan, raw vegan, fruitarian. I mean, I've done water fast. I've done potato diet. I mean, I've done freaking everything, you know, like that I can think of. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done macrobiotic. I haven't done that, but whatever. <laughs> um, and all of that served me and all that served me for a period of time. And even now, like, I'm just, I'm very in tune with my body. Like there are weeks, there are months that I'm eating squeaky clean. There are other times where I'm just I'm not super concerned about it, you know? And I think there's also a point where when you're healthier and you can withstand more stressors, if I go out to eat and I'm eating canola oil, like I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be chill. But maybe when I was in a period where like my body was really had a lot, it was dealing with emotionally, physically, spiritually, those little things could have put me over the edge and I wasn't able to handle it, you know? So I was definitely a lot stricter at periods when I was, when I was healing and the most helpful perspective, I think is looking at it from a stress level because at its core, like even if you are doing the perfect protocol, if you're stressed about it, 
it's not necessarily going to serve you, right? So we want to just make sure that we are releasing stress, which I know is so annoying. Like I honestly think back to my, you know, all the, all the people I was working with and everybody would just tell me, you just need to reduce your stress. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, that's the worst advice. I'm like, I'm like, I'm stressed because I'm in this situation. Like I'm stressed because of my illness, you know? So I understand how, how freaking annoying that is, right? Like just reduce my stress. But what helped me was just thinking about moment to moment, like feeling into my body and noticing when I'm tight, when I'm tense, when I'm worried And it's like, okay, what do I need to do right now just to move through this situation, just like from a relaxed space? And even just that awareness of going through my day, just doing the same exact things, but choosing to relax into it, you know, or what decision can I make right now that would help my body relax? So maybe instead of trying to squeeze in this extra thing, you know, because I'm like, oh, got 10 minutes, got to squeeze this in. I'm just going to like not so I can do things more slowly. I just started to implement those little things. Uh, and I paid attention more to the stress in my body versus like the overall idea of reduce your stress. Because I felt like when someone told me that I was like, what the hell, like, what do I do with that? You know? And so I started paying attention to when is my body feeling tense and tight moment to moment, day to day. And then how can I just shift that, reduce that, you know, as much as possible, which also meant in the moment, if I'm getting frustrated about something, I would, I would feel my body and I'd be like, okay, how can I just breathe? And like, perceive this differently because I just need to get my body into a calmer state in this moment. And I find that if you just actually tune into your physical body moment to moment, that is really the thing that is helpful in terms of reducing your stress to heal the body. I love that. How important was boundaries for you for stress too? (laughs) Uh, Everything. It was, you know, you know, what was required of me? Like I mean, I feel like when I talk about my healing journey, well, for a number of reasons, people get super triggered. (laughs) One of which is like, to be honest, I just feel like a lot of the things that I really have to do to heal, like people don't want to do, you know? And I think one of the most, one of the most pivotal things I do not think I would have ever healed without this was when I sent a text to everybody in my life and I said, hello, I need to heal my body. I will not be talking to any of you, anyone for the foreseeable future. I will reach out if I'm ever ready to communicate with you again. I'm serious. It was a lot more uh, well put than that, but I essentially said that. I was basically just like, I need to heal my body. Talking to people is stressing me out. I need to just only be in my own energy so I won't be talking to you. And wow, did that really change my life. It was only after that that I felt my body relax uh, and I got to actually be in my own space. I felt what it was like to be in my own energy. And I honestly think without doing that, I never would have given my, my body a chance to fully heal. That was when I, um, finally got my Lyme diagnosis and I was like, I'm not screwing around, you know, I need to focus on all this stuff. So boundaries are huge. I think, you know, we live in a time where people are funny about communication. You know, people are funny about tech. Everybody expects everybody to be available to them all the time. And it's like, no, I don't work on your time. I don't expect you to work on mine. You know, I don't run around and expect everybody to be available whenever I need them to be. Uh, it's just unrealistic. We're not, we're not physiologically designed to have this many friends, to know this many people, right. To like feel this many people's energy, like just take one social media platform. That's way too many people that we can be energetically connected with. Like we're not, we're what, like built to really meet 150 people in our lives. 
and here I am following 700 people on Instagram. Like that does not, does not track, you know, that's not good for my nervous system, but I think boundaries, like just to give my, myself a chance to heal initially, but then also move like moving forward. I notice like when I am leaky with my boundaries, I get a lot more stressed. My body gets symptomatic because I'm letting too many people in. I think a lot of us are used to taking responsibility for other people. I know for me, uh, I always just felt guilty because I could feel other people's emotions. And so I felt like when people like wanted my energy, if I said no, I felt really guilty. And I let that guide a lot of my decisions. But then I abandoned myself in the process, you know, and uh, you know, one of my one of my coaches early on like told me, she said, if you have to disappoint one person, if if you have to disappoint either yourself or the other person, let it be the other person. And that really stuck with me. You know, I can't keep disappointing myself again and again and again. And so I had to look at if I was really prioritizing my needs, uh, what choices would I make? And I realized that I was always prioritizing everybody else's needs. And that was just poor, poor boundaries. You know, so it's okay to set boundaries. I think that's a really important skill. I think, I think people's lack of boundaries, we're not modeled it often, right? We also have all this technology that just opens up the doors to all this stuff. And we don't have the tools to deal with that, right? There wasn't also with this an an instruction manual of, hey, yeah, we're throwing all this energy your way. Also, this is how you can set up boundaries because we need to kind of upgrade how we move through the world as we are too energetically connected. We never got that. But I also think that a lot of people don't know how to communicate very well. I think communication is a super important skill. Uh, This is why a lot of people struggle in just relationships in general, right? You look at our generation and people don't know how to be in a relationship because they don't know how to communicate. Right. And I think social media has made that a lot worse (laughs) in many ways. People would rather just, you know, snap a pic or send a text, than communicate how they're feeling. And the reason why I feel like I'm good at setting boundaries is because I'm good at communicating and I'm good at communicating because I know how I feel. Right. If you don't know how you feel, or what you need. If you don't know yourself, you're not going to know how to communicate it. I can't be a good communicator if I don't know myself, if I haven't tuned into how I'm feeling, what I really need, what I really want. And so when a lot of us, you know, a lot of people don't take the time to get to know themselves very well or to take a moment to tap into how am I feeling? Is it stressing me out? Do I even want to do this or do I just want to do it because this other person said it would be fun? And I felt their excitement. So I thought it was my excitement. A lot of people don't know the difference, you know? So when you take a step back and you really get to know yourself, you get in your own energy field, you tune into like what you really want, what, what your priorities are, not what somebody else's priorities for you are, your priorities. Uh, and and you know, okay, I, I feel this, I want this. Now I know how to communicate it. And with that, I need to have the confidence to communicate that to somebody, right? And I feel like all of these little pieces, like, not knowing how we feel, not knowing what we really want, not knowing how to communicate, not feeling confident enough to communicate what we need. That all ties into why a lot of people struggle with with the boundaries. Uh, and so the beautiful thing is that my illnesses required me to develop those skills. And those skills are things that have allowed me to be a successful business person, a really great friend, a really great partner, right? Like these skills have allowed me to excel in every area of 
my life. And I wouldn't have had them had I not been required to set boundaries and to really get to know myself because of my illness. There's so much to unpack there. (laughs) That was so good. Um, and I wanted to go back to you, you saying how, like you have to set boundaries. It ties into also doing what you want and not doing things just to please other people. Cause I know at least personally, right. I've been invited to these weddings for my high school friends. And I'm like, we don't talk anymore. I'm not going. Mm -hmm. And it makes everyone offended. Mm -hmm. No one likes that. I'm not going their wedding. And I'm like, you wish me a happy birthday every year. Like that's the most we've spoken. Like I'm not going to do something because you want me to go because I know when I leave them, my energy is completely zapped and completely drained. And I think not, I had, I not gone around developing boundaries with people in my life and knowing like whose energy impacts me, what way I never would have done that. And no one understands it, but my boyfriend. Cause he's like, yeah, you get impacted by people. And I know that had I said, yes, something would have come up, right? Like my body would have told me I would have had some excuse. My stomach would have hurt the day before because I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Like my reality manifests itself that way sometimes too much. So every time I say yes to something I don't want to go to, my body says no. Same. Yeah. Same where something weird happens. Like the, 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 the funny one for me is I'll get a flat tire. Happens every freaking time. (laughs) I'm like, my, my friend's like, why do you get so many flat tires? I'm like, Cause I'm not supposed to go to these things, <laughs> but like, first of all, there's so many angles to it. Right. I mean, they should be happy. You're saving them a plate. They can give that plate to somebody who wants to be there. Right. And that's what people don't realize. Like, and this starts with, you know, how, how do I feel when someone says no to me or they don't want to come? And do I make that mean something about me? Instead of realizing, oh, well, that's a gift because if they don't want to be here, then I definitely don't want them here, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't want to be at my wedding, I would be very grateful they would say no because I want that place to be taken by somebody who wants to be at my wedding. That's exactly how I felt when I was planning my wedding. People told me no, and I'm like, that is less catering plates than I have to pay for. (laughs) Great. I mean, weddings are expensive, you know, but also it's like, you know, it's a celebration. You want everybody who who's there to genuinely want to be there, mm-hmm. of course, you know, but what we do is we make everything mean something about mm-hmm. us. You know, everybody, everybody wants to get offended about everything. And can we be okay with things? Just, it, it's just not meant to be just not supposed to happen. You know, like if somebody doesn't want to hang out with you or somebody doesn't want to be your friend, are you going to sit and mope about it all the time? Are you going to say, thank you? Because now I'm not wasting time on somebody who doesn't want to be my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a note. If anybody has not listened to your friendships podcast episode, please go listen to that because it is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I loved that episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I have a lot to say about the friendships. I think that's a big piece of this too. You oh, know, yeah. like I 100%. for sure had to change a lot of my friendships uh, to heal. And I navigate relationships super differently than most people. And I think a big piece of that is because of my chronic illness. I think it's also just business-wise, like being an entrepreneur, I think they're very similar, honestly, because I feel like the way like to be, to show up for your business, the way you need to as an entrepreneur, like I, 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 I have to treat myself the same way I would if I was sick, just with a different intention. It's yeah. like, you have to be a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot of different moving pieces, a lot of different responsibilities, a lot going on. Like I can't afford to feel shitty. I just can't. And I don't want to, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm holding deep space for people. Like I, I can't. And it, it's just a lot of the same practices just for a different reason as when mm-hmm. I was sick, you know, but 
within relationships, I had to, I released a lot of friendships that were really, people were really needy. People were really clingy. They always needed my energy and, uh, much more of a quality or quantity person. And even people in my close circle, like I don't talk to them a lot. I'm just like very in my own energy. I'm doing my own thing. I'm not somebody that talks to my friends every day. Uh, I need a lot of my own space, you know, and I think that it's really interesting to see how people navigate relationships, uh, when either they're not an entrepreneur or they haven't dealt with chronic illness because I just think there's a lot more codependency. Um, there's a lot more expectations, right? And I have learned that I can't be in a relationship where somebody has expectations of me. And I'll be straight up with somebody. Like if I meet someone new and they're trying to do this thing where they're talking to me all the time, checking in, I'm like, hey, I think you're right. I don't do this. Like I, I don't text. Like I don't text. Like I don't. I don't do that. I don't hang out with you every week. Like that's just not who I am. So if you want a friend who's gonna hang out with you weekly, that's not gonna be me. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not gonna be me. I just don't do that. Uh, and so I think you know it was an up level in communication for me. It was a shift in you know who do I really want in my circle. The same way I had to shift out of scarcity mindset to make more money. I shifted out of scarcity mindset to heal my body. And I realized that a lot of my friends I was bonding with because we all were, we all had health issues and that wasn't healthy. That was keeping me in the cycle. You know, a lot of people stay sick because they're still in these forums. All of their friends are unhealthy. You know, everything they do revolves around like, oh, we both have this illness. We both have SIBO. We both have Lyme, whatever it is. It's just not healthy, you know? And so hanging out with healed people and people who never dealt with any of this really helped me because it allowed me to see how you know, healthy people live and how they think uh, and it helped me get my focus off of it. The same way hanging out with people with a healthy money mindset, not people who are in scarcity or lack, not people who I can't afford this. It was all about like the excuses around money. I hang out with people who were very expansive for me and were viewing the world in the way that I wanted to view the world. And then I could calibrate to that, you know, so I had to change a lot of my relationships. I had to set up boundaries within my relationships. I had to release a lot of relationships. Uh, and that also offered the space to welcome in new people who could really get to know me, the truth of me, not me as the sick person. And it's interesting for me, like looking at the different friends I have in the different periods of my life I met them in. It's like, they know completely different Christina's, you know? And it's, it's funny because for so long I was like, I had all these illnesses and these health struggles were, I feel like a central focus of who I was and what I talked about. And most of my friends now, like they didn't, they don't know anything about that. Like there are lots of people that I'm very close to now that like maybe just recently found out, Oh, I didn't know you had Lyme. Like, it's just like, doesn't even exist. And to me, I feel like that's a real Testament, uh, to the work I've put in to not let that be my reality, you know, and get it out of my field. Cause I don't want it in my field. I don't want it to manifest that way. Um, but I think that friendships are a big thing that hold people back in all areas of their life. I'll tell you just like doing energy work and intuitive work. It's probably the number one block, uh, friendships or romantic relationships and people don't like to hear it, but it's just the truth. Uh, this blocks people with money, with healing, with other relationships, you know, really common thing for people struggling with to, to invite in either like soulmate level, best friends, new friendships, or their romantic partner is their friends. Their current friends are blocking them. Your current friends can be blocking you from healing. Uh, and I shouldn't say it that way. It's like where, where you show up vibrationally because you are in relationship with them creates a block for you to optimize. Uh, so it's something people don't want to hear, but it is 
a big thing. And I know looking back, like it took me a while to release a number of relationships, but deep down I knew, I knew it wasn't healthy. I knew it was stressing me out. I knew it was clingy. I knew I felt claustrophobic in it. You know, I knew people didn't have the type of mindset I wanted to really be around at that time. I just didn't want to admit it to myself. I was scared to draw the boundary, but I created so much freedom in my life when I actually listened to myself. You mentioned um, friends and partners, but I think family is also the same thing. Like sometimes you have to release relationships with family as well, because that's been like a personal thing for me is I get all of that negative energy and that stagnant energy from family. And, you know, in my early twenties, I finally just had to be like, you know what, like your blood, I'll love you, but I just, I can't have that energy in my life anymore. So I'm just choosing, you know, not to spend that energy with you or just distant. I need to distance myself from you. And I think people need to realize that that's okay. Like you can totally distance yourself from family and have it be okay. Totally. Well, I think that the opportunity is in really looking at what our beliefs are around what a healthy family dynamic is, Mm -hmm. because what happens is we just show up in whatever template we were put in, you know, what's just whatever was normalized, but just because that was normal in your family doesn't mean it's what's normal for my family or someone else's family. You know, everything's just, it's just what was around you. Mm -hmm. And that's what you think is normal. And I think a lot of what has been normalized isn't necessarily the healthiest for people. And you have to understand that if it's not healthy for you, it's also not healthy for other people in your family, whether or not they realize it. Right. So I think what's helpful is instead of viewing it as I'm ending my relationship with my family, it's like, there's this dynamic. This is my family and we get to create what this looks like. And so what would a shift in dynamic look like that would serve me? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people resist it because they think of it as like, I don't want to cut off my family. I'm not saying you're going to cut off your family. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But like, why do you think it's healthy to be talking to them all the time, be around them all the time? Why is it not mm-hmm. healthy to talk to them once a month or once every six months or once a year? Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think that what's really interesting is there's a lot of conversation around like what's healthy and romantic relationships. I find, you know, with like, let's not get into codependent relationships or like these toxic cycles. And if people took what they are learning there, or they know there and they applied it to their family, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't like what they found. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Cause for some reason, codependency, yeah, not cool with, you know, my, my boyfriend and my husband, but over with my mom, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Why? It's still affecting your energy body in, in the same way. Right. So I think uh, if anyone's feeling sticky around that, look at, look at it as a transition, like just a shift in dynamic, uh, that's going to serve everybody instead of I'm, I'm cutting this off or I'm ending this. And I would also ask you like, why you're so attached, right? Like, where are you sourcing from that? Because it's giving you something, it's giving you something, or you, you would have shifted the dynamic long ago. So what are you getting out of it? Right? Why are you afraid to let go? What are you afraid is going to happen? Uh, that's the other thing we have to think about. Like when we talk about family, friends, we feed into these patterns, right? In a in an interesting way, it was serving me. There's a reason I was holding on to a lot of clingy codependent friends. I was I was allowing that to happen, you know. So uh, it takes two to tango, <laughs> uh, and I think there's there's a lot of 
helpful healing information underneath that exploration as well as to why we are feeding into that pattern ourselves. For sure. Yeah. All that ties back to the emotional and energetic health too. Cause I was like, yep, that's where I tell people the same thing with their chronic illnesses. I'm like, okay, so why are you, what, how's it serving you? That knee jerk reaction is like, it's not, I want to heal right now. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> dig into that. Right. Like maybe yeah. journal on it. I'll like give you, I'll give you a prompt. Like, yeah. If, if this is the thing, like if, if you're attached to anything, like if there's anything that your practitioner would say to you that you'd say, no, right. There's a block. Yep. Like be, because you are not ready to heal until you get to a place where no, whatever anyone said, you'd be like, okay, I'm open to it. So if you are attached mm-hmm. and you're like, I won't do that, that's your block. So look there, you might not want to hear it, but like, if you have a chronic illness, you have to realize like, this is so much bigger than just this illness. Mm-hmm. Like this is a spiritual personal initiation and you are going to learn hard lessons that not everybody is gifted with. Like, like I am who I am because of that illness. And I look at a lot of people around me who didn't deal with that. And I realized, wow, that really freaking served me to go through that because I learned a lot of things that, you know, I could have gone my whole life and been 90 years old and never would have learned, never would have been the wiser. Right. So like, I think that's the other piece. It's we can be a resistance to the journey or we can realize, okay, I chose this for some reason. This is happening for some reason. Uh, and these lessons aren't going to be easy. It's, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but it's really powerful. And, and it, it aligns you with who you're really meant to be. You know, it's, it's a huge spiritual initiation for sure. So the attachment piece is really big and just speaking to the environment thing, like I don't think people realize how much environment can be make or break like environment alone, like house you're living in apartment you're living in city you're living in roommates you're living with just changing that. I have seen get rid of people's illnesses completely like just one move, just breaking up with their boyfriend, just moving out of their parents' house. That thing alone, I have seen literally overnight heal people's bodies. Like that happens. I'm not going to say that is always what's going to happen, but I've seen it so much that, I mean, it's just comical at this point. And then people are like, holy shit, this whole time it was just because I was in this job. That's why it's so important to listen to your intuition. But I've seen that so many times in my practice, uh, like with, with health and wellness, nutrition coaching, but like doing energy work, intuitive work. I've seen so many crazy scenarios that for me, the crazy scenarios, the ones that don't make sense are much more the norm and much more common. And sometimes it literally is getting out of your apartment, getting out of your relationship, moving cities. And that can be for an energetic reason. And that can also be for like a very physical reason, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you don't know, like whatever's going on uh, in your apartment building, you know, you've got mold or you're like, in between all the freaking 5G towers or whatever it is, until you move, you're just fighting an uphill battle. So pay attention to environment for sure, because that could be make or break. Yeah, you told me a while ago I had to quit my job. And when I quit my job, my whole body shut down. So my body was telling me something. Yeah. There you go. It was good times. My (laughs) nervous system was like, cool, we're, we're done now. So I was like, 
all right, let's go. It was like six months. You were like, you have to quit your job. And I was like, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, what made you ready? Um, my boss quit and my boss's boss was then my boss and he was the worst. Mm-hmm. And I like having my boss as like the interim, like shielding me from it was great. And every single day I would wake up stressed out, like nervous, like literally in fight or flight that he was going to message me. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is not, mm-hmm. I don't even like this job. I don't want to be here anyway. I'm just buying time until I was going to take my business full time. And then I got on my boyfriend's insurance. Insurance yeah. meant something too. <laughs> okay. There you go. There you go. I think that's, that's what's interesting though, is like thinking about like, at what point were you ready to make the change? I couldn't take life? it anymore. Yeah. Literally, you know, that and, was it. and for me, it's like, I, I'm like, I'll look at people. I'm like, how far are you going to let this get? You know? Cause like, I know how far I let it get before I figured it out. Right. And my body was like shut down in such extreme ways. It got really scary. And I'm like, it shouldn't take that much intensity for me to listen to my goddamn intuition, you know? And so now I listen early on because I know what might happen if I don't, but I would really think about that. You know, if you are struggling with your illness, what's the thing you're afraid to do that your intuition has been nudging at you or even through this conversation, like you're like, uh, maybe it's that friend, you know, maybe it's my mom, my lover, but she's talking to me 25 times a day and I can't focus, you know, things like that. Like, and that's the other thing. It's not always shifting something, removing yourself from something, releasing something doesn't have to mean that 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 thing is bad or wrong. It's just right now, my body is saying it needs to be focused elsewhere. And we have to honor that. We have, we have to honor that, you know, but I would think about like, for everybody listening, like what, what, at what point are you going to surrender? At what point are you going to actually be willing to try anything, even if it doesn't make sense to a logical mind? Uh, because I think that's a really powerful question. Uh, and I think for a lot of us, it's like, oh, I don't want it to get any worse. <laughs> you know, things can only get better. <laughs> so make the brave decision. That's what I wish, uh, someone had told me earlier on my life. I feel like that's so powerful, especially because everyone like, let's be real. So many chronic illness people have tried everything, have done everything. And I'm like, have you really though? Like, have you? Yeah. Like (laughs) I've tried a lot of shit. I haven't tried even close to everything. There are so many, there are so many random modalities. And like, I'm like, you learn, you can learn something every day. There's no way you tried everything. I promise. I promise. I promise. And like, don't let that, you don't want to be the person that's tried everything. You know, let's just, let's just do it quick and easy. And if you don't want it to be quick and easy, right. If you have this belief built in your head, like healing is hard. Healing takes a long time. Well, then that's what it's going to be. Right. That goes back to the identity thing. And people would tell me like, well, I know, you know, healing from this can take a few years. And I'm just like, Yeah, for people who are doing it the 3D way, like like your brain is so powerful. You mm-hmm. you can shift things really, really quickly if you let yourself. So notice what your beliefs are around how long it has to take to heal, what's required of you, right? If you've decided I have to be super strict and clean, I have to, you know, have no fun in my life, like my life's gonna suck, like that, then that's what you're creating to be the conditions to which you can heal. So align your beliefs with what what you want 
to happen, right? I'm going to heal as easily, effortlessly, and quickly as possible. And I'm going to do all the, like, it, it just, all that's required of me is to do the things I like to do and make those your actual beliefs. And then you can heal really, really quickly. Uh, but I think this is where it's important to pay attention to what people are telling you has to be true about your healing process and just not taking it all on as your own truth. And I think, have you seen that TikTok where there's this woman and she's like, basically saying that the best advice for her life was to be delusional. She's like, have you seen this? She's just like, like, I just am super delusional and everything works out for me. Delusional that I'm the best, that everybody wants to hang out with me, that I get all the opportunities (laughs) I want and everything just started working better. So I'm just going to live my life being delusional. And I'm like, yeah, that's the best manifestation (laughs) advice, right? Just like be freaking delusional. Like, yeah, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be healed. I need better. $100,000 is going to be my bank account. Just why the fuck not, right? Like, why would you not just decide that if it makes you feel better, you know? So choose the beliefs that you want to happen. Don't live from beliefs that you don't like. It doesn't make any sense, right? Mm -hmm. So decide that it can happen quickly and easily and effortlessly and that it can feel good because that's what your higher self wants for you anyway. I feel like that's the perfect place to end it. (laughs) And I know we're just at time too, but I wanted to thank you so much for being on our podcast. I don't know. I feel like that's a perfect place, but do you have any last words? Um, no, I don't have any last words. Plug your book really quick because Courtney has been sharing your book like the past week and now I already have three people buy it. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. You're the best. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, well, I guess one thing I will just say to close it up, Mm -hmm. like is I would just really think about who you are without health problems, like really get to know that part of yourself, you know, because that's going to be the key like leaning into other things. What, what are your passions? What are you interested in? What else are you good at? What do you like to talk about? If you completely took health out of it, uh, that was the huge key for me. And I think, uh, that will be a game changer if you just start to really get to know yourself in that way. So we can start to shift the identity. Um, yeah, my book is called manifestation mastery. it's it's Courtney's favorite book we love it I read I read a passage every day oh that makes me so happy same I have all my my stickies oh I love Uh, that yeah it's all things manifestation it's a channel text you can get it on Amazon everything in here is super applicable for healing of course and might help shift your perspective on what that process looks like uh and what's actually important for you so yeah you can check it out on Amazon. And if you leave an Amazon review and screenshot it and send it to media at christinathechannel.com, we'll send you a free bonus chapter. I didn't even know that. (laughs) I pay attention. Yeah. You, you better, you better do that. So you can get your free, you can get your bonus chapter. You gotta have the whole book. So (laughs) yeah, that's, that's the book. Um, I'm everywhere at Christina, the channel and would, would love if you uh, popped into the community, you know, if, if you listen and this resonates with you. Definitely go check her out, go check out her podcast and we will obviously link everything in the show notes so you can find it easily. But yeah, this was so much fun. I feel like we could 
sit and chat for like three more hours, but yeah, obviously we do not have the time for that. (laughs) 